welcome to this episode of G220 Radio. I'm Mike, in case you forgot who I was. It's been a long <laughs> time. And with me is the one and only one of the many stars from the American Gospel, Ricky Gantz. Oh, yeah. I've been practicing that one. You've been practicing that one. Um, man, it's so great to have you back on the program. It's been a while. Um, uh, you know, you've been... You actually came in and joined us on that alien show, which was great because I wasn't sure if you was gonna jump in. I didn't think you were gonna jump in, and then you came in. It was it was yeah. great, man. Yeah, we had um, I went and helped a church member with some stuff, um, at their house. They needed a sink to look at, and I came back. I was like, man, I really wanted to do a show on aliens, and here it is. So it just kind of fit and worked out where I was able to be. I was late, but was able to jump in. Hopefully it'll be more regular as you can, as I move around, you can see I still have boxes, uh, in my house. Um, what people may not know is I had my house flooded and we just finally moved in three weeks ago, four weeks ago, um, after finding out the beginning of the year. So, um, this is going to probably be the new kind of setup. We'll see here how it looks, but, yeah. uh, excited to be back and hopefully I'm excited to be, just be back home but be back on the podcast. It was a, it was a long break. I was not expecting two and a half months. Yeah. Hey, sometimes it happens in life. Um, but I'm just glad that uh, you're back home now in Kentucky and, and then able to, to jump on here because, uh, you know, it, it can get hard to try to feel, fill some air, air time, right? They say no dead air, no dead air. Obviously we're on YouTube and Facebook, but sometimes when you're, you're, uh, trying to do a show like when I've done a few that was just by myself completely like to try to keep on talking for an hour is pretty difficult, you know? And so, um, <clears throat> some of them, I, I can actually cut short, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm glad to have you back, man. So tonight we are going to be talking about Christian fundamentalism. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that documentary, shiny, happy people. Uh, it's over there on, um, prime Amazon prime. I think that's where I watched it. Um, and, uh, this is a, an episode we wanted to, to talk about, uh, not, not so much a review of the show, but we're going to talk about maybe some aspects of what was portrayed there. Um, but this is going to be a good one because, um, I grew up in an independent fundamentalist background. Um, Mike, you have experience with, you know, uh, independent fundamentalist background for family members and whatnot. And so, um, Maybe not connected with Gothard and his uh, IBL, uh, I think it's IBL F, I think it is, or something like that. We'll, we'll get clarity on that here in a minute. But um, um, but there still is a fundamentalism out there, and the way that the the documentary kind of portrayed certain things. We want to talk about that. We want to talk about some of the um, legalism that can come within a fundamentalist kind of thinking. Not all, but can be there. And so we're going to talk about those things. And to do so, we have with us missionary to Brazil, Andrew Cummings. And he's been with us before. And uh, so we are excited to have you back with us here tonight on G220 Radio. Well, it's great. It's great to be back. Uh, good evening. It's good to, good to see you guys again. So since the last time we've had you on, we had you come on to talk about some of your books that I came across at a thrift store down south in Amish country. And uh, so I found you and I'm like, oh, okay, let's connect. And, and I was, it was 
wonderful we was able to connect and had you come on and we talked about that we talked about some of your missionary work there in brazil but for those maybe who are tuning in for the first time and catching you um or those who have tuned in and seeing you now for the second time could you share a little bit about yourself and then maybe an update of some things you've got going on there in brazil well sure um uh, as you mentioned, my name is Andrew Cummings. I'm a missionary uh, with uh, Baptist Missions, which is a wonderful organization out of uh, out of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, missionaries all over the world, and I serve with a with a great team of missionaries here in Brazil. Uh, we we work uh, in the city of São Luís, uh, which is in the northeastern part of Brazil, just just a little south of the equator. Um, it's a coastal city, over a million people. Uh, we have uh, we have our fingers in a lot of pots, I guess you could say. We work with a great association of churches here. Uh, not a large association. We have seven churches, uh, seven church plants going on in our in our region. And uh, our main job, myself and my wife, my wife's name is Itaciada. She's Brazilian. And our main job is right now, our main ministry, We in 2011, we purchased a piece of property. And we have been developing that into a camp. For a while, we were doing that and church planting. And so the camp was kind of on the back burner. The church we were planting has graduated. They have a Brazilian pastor and doing doing very well. And um, and, and so now our, we're focused full-time on the camp. And that has just, uh, that has really taken off in the past two years or so. So we've had our since our last furlough, which was in 2021, uh, we've had a couple youth retreats. We just had our first ladies retreat. Uh, several other events at camp. We're, we're gearing up uh, beginning of December for a, for another youth retreat. That'll be our fourth youth retreat total that we've had at the camp. And then the beginning of the year, uh, our carnival, uh, our churches during carnival time here in Brazil, we we get out of we get out of Dodge. And, and have retreats. And so this will be our first retreat where all of our churches are in our association are going to be using our camp property. So that keeps us very busy. It's a lot of construction work, a lot of uh, organization, and a lot of coordinating with pastors and churches. And we have a good team of people that work with us, uh, but it keeps us, it keeps us on our toes. And then uh, our other main focus is a, is a small Bible institute that we have that we, we're focusing on training lay leaders in our churches. And um, so next this next semester, I'm going to be teaching Old Testament, teaching Old Testament survey. And then um, I also teach church history, which is my favorite to teach. Yeah. So um, I, I have a blast with that. I, I, I just love it. But uh, the Old Testament survey is also also great. So that and a few other things uh, keep us keep us very busy, yeah. and and also um, being a guest on the occasional podcast also is 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 fun when that happens. Yeah, well, we're definitely this is, the, this is the second time. <laughs> well, we're definitely glad to have you back. Um, when you, you with the youth uh, camp and, and thing like that, do you have um, quite a few children that are not connected with the churches that come to these? events or uh, especially for our teen retreats mm -hmm. in fact we have one of our one of our church plants here we have a national pastor who's doing an outstanding job at a church plant and he's this this year uh he's really started reaching out and 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 becoming quite effective with the young people in his neighborhood mm -hmm. it's a very low income um kind of uh so low income high risk kind of neighborhood 
and and for this retreat so far he has an he has 11 of these high risk teens coming to this teen retreat from his wow. church wow. so um that's and that's because there's you know there's there there's costs involved in, for every camper that comes and we try to keep mm -hmm. our costs really low but right, right. it's really neat because they've gone he's really gone uh gone all out to be able to to fund these kids going to camp mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's just great <clears throat> so yeah. Well, that's wonderful to hear. I mean, obviously, you know, um, um, being able to have these children come and our youth and hear the gospel and to have a good mm. time. I remember going to, I think it was Skyview Bap or Skyview Ranch. Oh yeah. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with Skyview. Skyview Ranch. Very, very famous. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember going there. Yep. I shot my first 22 and yeah. had a lot of great experiences. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to get mail. Because if you got mail, they had you kiss the moose. Like, yep. like you got a mail piece, you got to kiss this. I'm like, I don't want to do yep. that. <laughs> but um, yep. there was a lot of great experiences that I had there. Um, a great time, fun time. Uh, you know, even though I wasn't a Christian at, at that age, seeds were planted throughout my life. And that was one of those places where seeds were planted. Yeah. And uh, it just it brings back a lot of memories, you know, so. Yeah, camp camp had a big impact in my life, and so that's why I've been trying to reproduce it here in this part of this part of Brazil, uh, yeah. where where it was absent. So, yeah, yep. All right, so that brings us to uh, our conversation for tonight. Uh, this again, I saw some of the chatter about shiny happy people, about uh, you know this Bill Gothard, and and when I saw this, um, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it, but I was seeing others start to speak about it and share things about it, share the documentary or share what's coming up. And then I saw you made a post and I thought, Hey, let me reach out and see if we can do a show on this because I think it's important. I, as I, I said in the beginning, I grew up in a fundamentalist Baptist background of an independent fundamentalist Baptist church. Um, and but from my experience, there wasn't an overemphasis on legalism or anything in that church, right? My yeah. wife grew up in an independent fundamentalist background that was very legalistic, right? Yeah. I'm not saying all fundamentalist churches, all independent uh, Baptist churches, that they're, right, they're legalistic. But right. my experience wasn't that, but my wife's was. And I've also encountered others over my Christian walk that have had some of these... Um, uh, legalistic kind of backgrounds uh, when it comes mm -hmm. to fundamentalism. And so while I wasn't connected to or didn't really know much about Bill Gothard, I did hear his name. His name did come up, oh, yeah. but I really didn't know yep. much about him. And so maybe before we, we uh, jump into, you know, the, the shiny happy people and maybe what this documentary portrayed or didn't portray, uh, what what is Bill Gothard? And, and I, I try to mention that it's the IBL. Is it F? Or? IBLP. 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 Yeah, right. Institute in Basic Life Principles. Okay, yeah. So maybe you can share a little bit about that with a, sure. Bill, who Bill Gothard is, what this IBLP is, um, and because that's really the basis or the foundation in which they sought to take this movie or take this documentary right. is the basis of where they was trying to go with it. Okay, yeah. Well, um, so, so Bill Gothard began to get some traction in the 1970s. Um, he was involved, I believe, in youth ministry in the 60s and early, the late 60s and early 70s in, in the Chicago area. 
and he began to get some traction in the in the in the evangelical community at large in the um, in, in the early seventies uh, with a seminar which at that at that time was called the Institute in Basic Youth Conflicts, and that's when my my folks uh, got involved. Uh, they were I think early on the seminar the, he started packing people in at these seminars. He, he would he would pack out um stadiums. Uh, you know these indoor convention centers and so on. Just pack them out with people, and and my my parents would have been among those people back in the day. So I grew up uh, hearing about Bill Gothard and hearing and 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 my dad uh, was a pastor, and uh, so I would he a lot of a lot of his things would seep into messages that it was it was inevitable. Um, and so I I grew up hearing about it, and then when I was fifteen, um. My uh, my parents decided to go into Bill Gothard's um, uh, homeschooling program, which was really in its in its infancy back then, but it grew exponentially. And I remember I remember our first the first conference that I went to was held in a church. It was a big church in Oklahoma, homeschooling conference. Mm. Uh, but it was it was a church, you know, big church. A lot bigger than mine, but you know, church. Uh, by the time the by the time I was uh, growing up and, and leaving home and so on, um, they were they were packing out the convention center of the university. I think it's the University of Tennessee in Knoxville uh, with homeschool families. So mm -hmm. it grew it grew exponentially, um, and our family our family would go every year. Uh, let me let me back up. Um, because I, I started talking about Gothard, and then I kind of got into our involvement. Let me back up about his um, ministry and his message. Bill Gothard, I think, was very, uh, very accurately assessed the times in which he lived and the and the um, and the dangers faced by Christians. So I'm I'm going to give him that. Um, he was not wrong on those, and if anything, they're. The times we live in are more perilous, and the dangers faced by Christians are more perilous than than they were back then in the seventies uh, and and eighties. But um, uh, and so he was very articulate in in expressing those and um, and offering what he considered to be a, a biblical solution. And he he's a very he's not a he's not an eloquent like a like a bombastic speaker, public speaker. He's very um, low-key and and self-effacing and has has kind of this, you know, this humor, self-depreciating humor, but um but very intense. Not intense as in, you know, the veins popping, but very intense way of speaking that, you know, I would sit through sessions that like an hour and a half, two hour long sessions, and when when it's done, I'm here, it's done already. And and so a very compelling, I guess, is the word way of speaking. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and 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 he presented a very he had a very well developed, for one of a better word, systematic theology uh, that was based on based on the concept of authority. So there's the famous umbrella umbrella um, illustration, you know, and the wife steps out from under. You know, the husband is an umbrella, and the wife steps out from umbrella of, of from under her husband's umbrella, 
well then then you know the devil can get at her the world can get at her and you know the kids step out from under their parents umbrella and and so that was his that was his that was one major aspect another major aspect of his of his theology was well there were two let me let me let me do this there are two major issues theological issues um i think that that spawned a lot of the other problems with Gothard and his ministry, two major theological issues. The first one is a um, a confusion on law and grace. Um, and what what happened was he he would define grace as the as the desire. His definition of grace, and and this was drummed into me from an early age. Grace is the desire and power to do God's will. And that sounds, that sounds good, but but it's missing something. It's missing the aspect of free gift of God. And when you think about it, you take a step back. Well, wait a minute. No, the desire and power to do God's will is a is a result of grace. It's not the grace itself. It's a result of grace. But because because he confused those. Then he developed a, 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 a legalistic system that was pretty subtle in its legalism because he would affirm, no, we're saved by grace through faith. I think he would, he would, he would not say we're saved by works. However, and here's the kicker, if you want to be truly spiritual and if you want to, and if you want to, um, and if you want to experience God's best for your life, and who doesn't want that? You know, you want to experience God's best for your life, then you will do these things. And he had a list, mm. <laughs> and that list got longer every year. Um, so, so, and it was listen to the right music, dress the right way, and it started including Old Testament things. You know, like and literally, and and I'm not exaggerating at all, but like women not wearing mixed fabrics. Like stuff pulled out of pulled out of all te Old Testament law. Um, uh, there was a there was a point in time, and and I I joke with my mom about this to this day, uh, where where we did not eat cheeseburgers because of the whole you know well you, you can't eat milk and meat, and mm. and and it was an interpretation of it's a kind of bizarre interpretation of the of the passage in the Old Testament where you know don't boil a kid in its mother's milk. And that somehow became don't eat milk and meat, and so no cheeseburgers. That was a very rough time in my life. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I kid with my mom about that to this day. So it, and and all kind and there was and 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 vows. It, it, our, us kids, we kids, young people that were involved in in this ministry, we were encouraged at almost every session to take some sort of a new vow because we could promise to do something. Um, but that wasn't enough. If we vowed, well, there was a sacred, there was something sacred and binding about a vow that if we, and we were told if we didn't do it, if we broke a vow, then, then that was, it, that was it for us. And, and I'm not exaggerating any of this. I'm not, I'm not, there's no yellow journalism. These are quotes, you know, that, you know, our, our lives were ruined basically if we broke a vow. And um, I forget the number of vows I took, and um, you know, and it's and it's like hit, hit. 
as I got older and, and began to mature in the faith, I began to think, wait a minute, what does Christ say about taking oaths? And what does he say about our yes being yes and our no being no? And, and um, there, it, it got to the point, and this was later on, this was about the time I was leaving home and, and beginning to cut my teeth theologically and so on, um, where, where he actually sent out a letter to all the homeschool people um, advocating for circumcision, uh, saying that that was something Christians should be doing as a matter of, not just as a matter of health, I mean, there's arguments to be made about health, but but as, as a, you know, as a, as a symbol and, and so on, and he even prescribed a circumcision ceremony. It's like, because he never read Galatians? Mm. Um, I mean, that's kind of the point of the book of Galatians. So um, th this was the, this was, and it was all very engaging. And I, I had the opportunity to meet uh, Mr. Gothard a couple occasions. I, I played ping pong with him once. He, he, he wiped the table with me. I'm not bitter. Um, but he was always, you know, and I, you would meet him and I would say, I'm Andrew. Oh, Andrew. Yes. You're one of the, and it, it very engaging and just the nicest guy to talk to. Um, but, um, and, and, and so those are, those are kind of some, some of the bizarre things. Uh, but then there are some really sinister and, and not to downplay the, 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 the negative consequences of bad theology. But th then there's some really sinister things where, where his concept of authority um, led to people, led, led people to justify abuse and to justify a control over people that I do not believe the Bible ever advocates. And, uh, you know, we'll, and, and things like, things like we're going to cover up this abuse because we don't want it to be a bad testimony. Um, that kind of thing, and so and and there and 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 in the shiny happy happy people documentary, and 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 we'll get to this later. But what happened with the Duggar family? That that is the experience of a lot of people uh, within the Gothard ministry, and so um, uh, and I and I just want to throw this out there too. One thing I want to be very specific. Um, this isn't. Uh, this isn't me being critical of homeschooling, um, because in, in fact, in the past several years, I've become somewhat more radical in my advocacy of homeschooling, as I've seen what's going on in American schools. So it's not homeschooling. Homeschooling as homeschooling was extremely beneficial in my life. Um, I, I, I thank God almost on a daily basis that, that my parents did that. Uh, if, if, if I could wish something and I, and at this point, my parents also, I think they would say, um, they, they would probably do the homeschooling, but not with the Gothard thing. And, and the other thing is the reason myself and all three of my brothers came out of this without the, without the, um, uh, what's the word I want to use the, the scars that a lot of other people have is because my parents were, were never, although they participated, they were never a hundred percent in the ministry. And so I always, I never felt like I had to quote the party line. Um, my, my, my parents, they'd be going through this material. And, and I remember my dad looking at things and saying, well, this isn't right. Mm. You know, this isn't biblical. And so we would always question that. And, 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 and there was Bill Gothard's material, but there was always the Bible and, and the Bible was what was right. Right. And, and so I'm very thankful and I thank God. And I've told my parents this too, 
I'm very thankful for them um, that uh, that they had that attitude because it it seems to me like uh, the people who were the more people were into it, a lot of times the more their kids have that are my age or older or even younger, but the more their kids have uh, what's the word I want issues um, and and are, are dealing with baggage. Let me put it that way, uh, because of it. So, um, anyway, in a, in a nutshell, that's that's Gothard, that's his doctrine, and that's kind of my involvement in in the whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, I have to admit that um, I th originally thought it was Bill Gaither, completely different person. <laughs> I've been told <laughs> that happens a lot. <laughs> So yeah. doesn't he do music? But is that, is that people a music guy? Yeah. 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 People would go to the seminary. So I, I remember I remember we took a, a youth group to a seminar one time, one of his seminars. And uh, one of the kids in our youth group was disappointed because he thought he was going to hear Bill Gaither. And, and instead it was this guy talking for six hours at a time. It was yeah. great. I would have been, <laughs> been shocked. Um, yeah. so and kind of thinking through you know, fundamentalism, what are some other, I mean, you've given some key um, kind of some of his bad theology, but kind of thinking through a little bit more, like how was he interpreting the Bible? You've kind of mentioned a little bit of him pulling out of the old Testament. What would that, is he kind of, I guess, following like that very dispensational or even classical dispensational literalism or is he doing something kind of different, kind of new, maybe than like what heretics were kind of <laughs> known for? Well, um, well, th this one thing probably that Bill Gothard and I have in common, and that is we're both dispensationalists. So um, I'm not gonna I, I'm I'm gonna have a hard time uh, equating dispensationalism. Um, I'm sure people of a more covenant theology bent might see more, you know. However, um. One of his main uh, theological influences is Charles Finney. Mm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Bill Gothard's a graduate of Wheaton Bible College, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, his and, and I and I could be wrong on this, but I, I think I've seen in, in, in a couple of different places his his graduate thesis uh, was, and it was it was actually the basis for his original Institute and in Basic Youth Conflicts seminar but his graduate thesis was kind of an application of finney's charles finney's um uh methods to youth ministry and and so he's going to have a very arminian and a very pragmatic outlook uh in, in uh, into ministry and um and so you know it's um <clears throat> And very legalistic. Uh, all of the all of these three three things are going to going to go uh, going to go hand in hand, um, uh, because Arminianism is unchecked tends toward tends toward legalism, and 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 so our, uh, Finney for for any who might not understand Finney is is um is the pioneer of a lot of things that have become common in modern evangelicalism. Uh, for example, the altar call uh, the, and the emotional appeals for people to be, be saved and, 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 and to make a decision for Christ. And, and, and the idea 
um, the idea that uh, that coming forward uh, is almost is almost necessary. That started with Finney. Finney was an evangelist in the in the nineteenth century in upstate New York, which is where I'm from. Um, so his in in Rochester, New York area. Interestingly enough, my first ever Bill Gothard seminar was in Rochester, New York. So, um, and, uh, and and Charles Finney was um was there were huge revivals in that area, but then um he, he himself went back to the areas that had had those revivals, and he himself said it it's almost they're almost worse off for my having gone there, which is an incredible admission on his part. But anyway, so Finney's a huge theological influence in Bill Gothard. I personally heard him reference. Finney admiringly many times. Uh, the idea, another idea that came through from Finney was that you could manufacture a revival. He wouldn't use those terms. But if, if, if certain elements are in place, then a revival will take place. Uh, that's Finney, through and through. And uh, Bill Gothard practiced that and tried to put that into practice. He, um, his, his material, the, were, there were several references in homeschool material to Finney spoke glowingly of Finney. Uh, so I would say his major theological influence, not his only, but major theological influence was Charles Finney. Um, and that had the negative consequences on him that it's had on evangelicalism as a whole. Uh, so uh, well, one, go ahead. One of, one of the things you had mentioned um, is the time frame of when Bill Gothard became more on the scene. Right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so in the 60s, you have the, the sexual revolution. Mm -hmm. The 70s now, you're feeling the effects of that. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of drugs, a mm -hmm. lot of, you know, that Roe v. Wade is, is put mm -hmm. into place by the Supreme Court. Um, yep. So now, as you said, th there are people, when we think of fundamentalism as a whole, or, or uh, mm -hmm. when we just try to think of the fundamentalists, the idea is, hey, we want to guard, we want to keep things as pure as possible. Puritans get a bad rap for wanting to be pure before the Lord, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes fundamentalists also get a bad rap because they're trying to be pure in a culture that is going the opposite of what yeah. God has called us to be. And yeah. so you've got the sexual revolution, you've got drugs running rampant, you know, hippies. And, and, and if you don't want your children to be like this, here's ways in which you can guard them and protect yes. them. And so there is, I think, with many fundamentalists, a desire, possibly, uh, in their hearts to, to seek to guard against those things. Mm -hmm. So they may have genuine, um, a genuine desire to do good in that situation, to, to, right. to be helpful. But Absolutely. as it can lend to, when it comes to legalism, you know, legalism, uh, it, it, it can distort the truth of the gospel. It, it steals joy. It brings conflict. And that, that can tend to be a consequence when people put that legalism and, and that trying to be moral above the grace of God in the heart of an individual to bring about the change. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Let me give you a uh, let me give you a personal 
uh, let me just add one thing uh, to, to the historical perspective you just gave, and that was in the 70s, you had the Nixon years and all that that brought, followed by the Carter years. I mean, I know Ford was in there, but, you know, and and and, and the malaise, that was Carter's word, that, that – um, that kind of uh, that kind of infected the nation, and so all of our institutions are falling apart, and 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 all of the the everything that we thought America stood for in the fifties, it no longer stands for. Abortion is is legalized, and Christians find themselves com- more and more marginalized in society, and so it's completely natural, and 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 almost almost extremely predictable for them to say, you know, what we've got to start working hard to preserve and to conserve, which is what conservative is, you know, so all of this is going on. Um, jumping ahead to what you said about legalism. This is just a, just how this worked out in, 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 in my life and my experience. So I would be at, I had several occasions to be involved in events where Bill Gothard was present. Um, I went to Russia uh, with them, spent two weeks in Russia, uh, which is very, very interesting experience. Um, uh, but Bill Gothard, he would, he was very proud of this this army. His word of young people that he was raising up that were going to transform society. Um, and 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 he would when he would talk to us, he would say, you know, there's all the other Christians, but you guys are the Marines. His words, um, you guys are special because all of these things are true of your life. And what were they? They were all outward things. You dress a certain way. You listen to a certain kind of music. Uh, you don't listen to the other kinds of music. Um, you are you. You smile outward. Um, they wrote a whole song about smiling. Uh, the you know the and 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 I got to tell you, it was impressive and it was very heady stuff. And in the in the shiny happy people video, they show a. They do a panorama of one of the Knoxville conferences of the youth choir, and the youth choir took up about a third of the stadium. Wow. You know, and I'm in there somewhere. I can't because wow. it's real small. I when it does close-ups, I found a couple of my friends, but I'm it never p- pans on me, which I, I suppose I can be grateful. Right. Uh, but but the but we were um, we were fed that, and that did two things for me. Number one. It, it 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 gave me pride um, in outward appearances. That's very dangerous spiritually, mm-hmm. and and I don't want to I don't want to give the impression that I was always like really skeptical of this. No, no, man, I was I was what we called I was for a long time I was part of what we called the blue tie brigade um, because we all had to wear white shirts and blue ties, and and, and that meant I was you know gung ho for Gothard, and. Um, because he he fed us this while well, I'm one of the Marines. However, deep inside, I knew I wasn't, and I knew all, all the kinds of struggles I was having, which it turns out are all the kinds of struggles all young people have. But I looked around me at all these other guys that were part of the Blue Tie Brigade, and I thought, you know what, those guys have it together. And so basically, what I need to do is I need to act like I have it together. Mm. And, um, and, and that, that's dangerous. That's very, very dangerous. Right. And so, um, uh, that's, that, and that's one of the spiritual issues that I had to work through as I, as I began to 
work through these things theologically. Yeah. Uh, you know, theology has consequences, and and so that was mm -hmm. that was one of them, uh, one of the big ones for me. Um, so yeah, that was the that that is, I think in a nutshell is a kind of kind of I hope it kind of crystallizes for people what Gothard's um, theology was all about, and 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 I want to emphasize the root of the issues with the in Institute and Basic Life Principles were theological. Mm -hmm. um and and then the consequences every aspect of life yeah so anyway i hope that answered the question a little bit yeah, yeah i think that's important because we've talked about here on gg20 on multiple occasions about how theology leads like right theology leads to right practice mm -hmm. and the opposite is true bad theology mm -hmm. is going to impact our christian life i mean the um you mentioned we talk about um galatians and their circumcision party and the judaizers well their theology is wrong and yeah. that impacts how they think about how mm -hmm. people have now a right relationship with god being that you have to be circumcised and follow the the moral law and i'm obviously i'm kind of not part of this but part of this resonates a little bit with how Southern Baptists have acted mm -hmm. in recent years with sexual abuse mm -hmm. and that covering up and mm -hmm. a, a external focus instead of kind of an internal focus of holiness. And, and probably I'm stealing this from Brian Chapel in his book, but a holiness by grace mm -hmm. that, you know, we become, we've lost sight of um the vision and looking towards christ as our perfecter as hebrews would say and i think in my experience with uh ifb in general you kind of see that that aspect and also this us versus them it's and you kind of like you we're the marines look at all those other people Mm -hmm. And I think when we start looking at that and dividing that, I think it makes it hard for evangelism. Um, yeah. And thinking through that. So oh, how yeah. is like, as we even kind of moving into kind of the show, what kind of aspects is shiny, happy people kind of rightly displaying of this movement that we can take is like, look, that is, that is not biblical. That is not correct. Yeah, well, well, shiny happy people is not going to focus on the um, on on the theological aspect um, because the people who produced it are um, to be charitable, uh, theologically illiterate, so they're not focused on that. But what they are focused on, and what um, and what resonates, and and what and what we need to. Um, what we need to, uh, and, and it's not just Bill Gothard, and I've seen this in uh, many other contexts. Um, it's very easy, extremely easy for people in ministry um, to use uh, use the call to holiness. How am I going to say this? Which is legitimate. It's biblical. Um but to use that as a weapon to control people. Mm. 
And I think if I were to, I think that word control is 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 key it, it, as to if you want to, if you want a, a good positive takeaway from the Shiny Happy People documentary, it's 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 watch and beware um, of how um, biblical principles, quote unquote, can be used to control people. And I've seen it. And I've seen it way too many times in in other contexts to think that it's just something about Bill Gothard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and, and as a as a pastor, as someone in ministry, I know how vulnerable we are, and how easy it is in a church context to use our position um, as a way to control people and to build our own personal kingdom, and we lose. We lose the notion that, that that we're servants of Christ, and and suddenly the people in our church become servants of us. And um, and and my 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 personal opinion, I don't know the man's heart, uh, but my personal opinion is that Bill Gothard lost sight of that early on. Early on, and uh, and there were and there are some things in the video that, and 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 that happened in the ministry as a whole. But then his authority. His authority structure was used, um, and, and there is biblical authority. But his authority structure was used to to control, and even in many cases to abuse. And um, and and that is sinister, and that is wrong, um, and that is um, and that is devastating. And the results are tragic. And the results are tragic in two ways. Number one, there's the physical, actual results immediate results emotional and then there's the result that that you these people um become harder to reach with the gospel because all of this has been done to them in the name of the gospel and and so oof um and and watching the documentary and i, I actually like i said i see people i know in there and, and and I know I know where they are now, and it's like, oh man, if we knew back then, you know, if we knew yeah. it all back then. So anyway, yeah, you know, I, I think <clears throat> when we when we think about this documentary, because I, I was watching and I was mentioning it before the show, mm-hmm. I started watching it with my wife. She could only take about thirty minutes of it, and not so much because there are people who have said that they were abused in those situations because of the way that their family uh, may have operated. And there can be, and there are people who take the scripture and manipulate it for their own gain. Yep. Um, You know, I have a family member who is passed on now, but years ago would say, I'm the head of the house. The Bible says so. So yeah. you had to listen to me, yeah. and that meant that his wife needed to cook and clean and do all these things, not because she was doing them out of the love of her own heart, but out of a controlling, no, I'm the boss. You're doing these yeah. things because I'm telling you, go get me coffee yeah. now. Go make my dinner now. No, you can't go to church this this Sunday. No, you can't go here. You know, you, you can't have, you got paid, give me your money. So it can become controlling. People can use things wrongly. Yeah. Right. It happens. It's happened in this country when it comes to slavery. You had people that claim to be Christians that would say and use the Bible. Bible." Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't negate, though, 
Right. It doesn't negate, though, the truths that are there. And yeah, no, one no. of the things that I think my wife was frustrated with was the depiction, not that it, there were people that have been abused and experienced that. Right, right, um, right. Not that there may even have been some, uh, There's, I know there was allegations and, and things against Bill Gothard that came out later mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. and some sexual abuse or, or mm -hmm. things like that. I don't know all the details, so I won't get into those things. But I know right. that allegations were there. Mm -hmm. um, but it was the way in which the documentary, and you brought this up, you mentioned this earlier, but the way in which they were portraying all Christians, mm -hmm. all homeschoolers, as if mm -hmm. we're like a cult, as if we're yep. like that type of mentality. And, yep. and that's what really got to my wife in watching this is like, I, I just can't, you know, because again, we homeschool, we believe homeschooling is uh, vitally important, as you mentioned er, uh, earlier in the program, um, because we live in a society where they want to indoctrinate our kids with everything right. contrary to what the word of God says. So <coughs> to me. protect our children, kind of like that umbrella thing, to protect mm -hmm. them, we want to guard them. Now, we recognize that our guarding them, our homeschooling them, our teaching them the things of the Bible does not guarantee that they're going to be Christians. Um, but God will change right. their heart. Absolutely. You know, we, we, we give them the gospel. And we know mm -hmm. that while we teach them things that are morally right, we don't want them to think that morality is then the display of your, um, uh, that would result in the grace that God gives. If, right. if that, like that, that, that results in your justification with God, right? Right. If you are truly saved and you have the grace of God, those would be a result of wanting to desire to be holy before him. Right. But not a, we, we don't want them to build this, we have to walk morally. So you dress this certain way, you, you listen to this kind of music, you watch these kind of movies. So therefore that outward appearance can give somebody a self-deceived thought that, well, I must be right with God because I don't look like so-and-so do or I don't drink yeah. or, or, or listen to the music as so-and-so. So we've seen those things in the documentary yeah. that made it seem as Christians as a whole were, yeah. were cult-like and yeah. homeschoolers. They really don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah. And there, there's probably some really bad homeschoolers out there. Um, there are, and there are some mm -hmm. bad people that profess to be Christians out there. Mm -hmm. but it doesn't negate the truth that's there, and that's kind of one of the things that I kind of took away from that as well. And like I said, my wife, she had enough. She was like, "I can't watch anymore." Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, the yeah, the documentary is a was a was a mixed bag, and I had, I I, I had to watch it all, and uh, and so, um, it. And there were parts where I'm like, where, where I was thankful that some things were being brought out, and there were other parts like, this is this is so wrong. And so I'm, I'm going to try to parse that out a little bit. Um, uh, the, the documentary focuses on the Duggars, and uh, the, which many people know, the Duggars were really not on my radar. I'm I'm here in Brazil, and um, reality TV is not my cup of tea. I don't pay attention to the Brazilian reality shows. I certainly don't pay attention to the American ones. So, however, I begin to hear a hear. I mean, how how you say it in English? In Portuguese, we say a zoom zoom zoom. I begin to hear like a talk about oh, there's this reality show, nineteen kids, 
and I'm here, 19 kids. That's got to be Bill Gothard. They've got to be some, because that's one of his things. God wants you to have a large family. And God, God's will is for every woman to have as many children as she can possibly have. And um, I mean, that was, I'm not, once again, not exaggerating. And so um, <clears throat> 19 kids was like a, was like, a, it was Tuesday, you know, for in the Bill Gothard movement. And, and uh, the larger the family, the more clout you had within the movement. And um, so, and these families, even in my time, these families would be paraded up there. The family, I remember there's a family with 13 kids and they were paraded up there until one of their kids rebelled. And then we don't, we heard nothing about them ever again. You know, um, the, 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 um, but then the Duggars came on the scene and like I said, they were after, I never watched any episodes or anything, but so my real introduction to them was two, twofold. Uh, the first, my first introduction was I read the book written by one of the daughters. Um, and the book, the title of the book is, um, free indeed, I believe. And, uh, if if uh, if you could put a link under here, I I highly recommend that book. If you want if you want a if you want an in depth look into what life in Bill Gothard's ministry is like, I mean I re I read that and I got PTSD or PST how, however you say that. Um, I had flashbacks basically, um, and so I, I highly recommend that. And that's how this whole thing got started. By the way, was I reviewed it on my Facebook page, and. Uh, my Facebook page just reviews book reviews usually don't garner that much interest. And all of a sudden this one blew up and Gothard people from back in my day or, and other people that I never knew were coming out of the woodwork. And I thought that was going to be the end of it. Cause I don't want to be known as the Gothard guy, you know? Um, but then, then the shiny happy people movie came out and it focused on the Duggars. And so then I reviewed that and that blew up both when I put it on Facebook and then when I put it on my website. So, um, uh, and basically that article, I basically said what I've been saying here, but the, um, the Duggars, the Duggar family put Gothard's principles and his, and, and, and their outworking in the spotlight. And for the first few years, everything's great. You know, like we were talking about earlier, you're in a, you're in this, reality quote-unquote reality show it's the worst name concept in the world because it's anything except reality mm -hmm. but you're in this and so these kids who in the gothard movement are forced to perform their spirituality by nature of the movement suddenly they're on reality tv and so that that just augments their the performative nature of it and sooner or later they're going to crack and they did in the most spectacular, uh, spectacular negative way, the most um, public of ways. And I think probably the most poignant part of that whole documentary, and I didn't, I wasn't aware of this as it was going on. Basically, I became aware of it from the documentary. Is where the parents have the three girls, including at least one of them who had been abused by Joshua, one of the brothers, um, had them go on national TV to defend their parents. And, and that horrified me as I'm watching this documentary. So, yeah, um, in that respect, um, I think I think the, watching the documentary really brought home to me. And, and if you want to say it was beneficial, um, then, then, yeah, in that respect. Um, however, 
there's another side to this and 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 this is this is worrisome this is um and this calls for discernment we need to understand this documentary was made by non-believers uh, in my, I put it a little more strongly in my on my website article. I said this this documentary was made by the enemies of Christ. That got a little pushback, but it's true. I didn't back. I, I still don't back away from that. It's true. It's made by the enemies of Christ, and that's evidenced by a couple of things. It's evidenced by what you mentioned. They try. They take the legitimate issues with Gothard and their movement, and try to smear Christianity with them. Mm-hmm. And the loudest voices on the documentary, you know, they go to they talk about this, and then. They go to a frame where they're interviewing somebody, and then they talk about another thing, and then go interviewed, you know, like documentaries do. And the, the loudest voices in those interviews are are voices of deconstructionism, in other words, help helping people to deconstruct their faith, or or as we would say, fall away, um, and helping um, and and people who who uh, are are clearly enemies of the gospel, clearly. And so they use this, and and it, and it and sometimes it's bizarre. Like they, for example, there's one part where they, where they mention someone, somewhere who practiced spousal corporal punishment. And it, the way it's framed is as if this is common, not just in Gothard's movement, but in, in um, it, kind of in Christianity as a whole, at least Bible believing Christianity. And I don't know if you got to that part in the documentary, but, you know, Gothard taught a lot of bizarre stuff. He never taught that. Mm. Never, ever. And, 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 and also this is, this is um, certainly not something that's taught within mainstream Christianity. Bible, I'm talking about Bible-believing, if you will, fundamentalist, depending on how you define that term. Mm-hmm. But, but Bible-believing Christianity, clearly not something that's taught or practiced. And yet, it's it's stuck in there in a way to 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 taint the whole the whole all of us basically. Right. And um, uh, there was there was another laughable part. I mean, this this was hilarious. I laughed out loud. Um, where they talk, they're they're talking in all these horrible these hushed tones and and oh the horror of all of how Christians are trying to infiltrate the political process. And the result of this, oh the horror was the end of Roe v. Wade. And I'm like, <laughs> they're saying this like it's a bad thing. But but the the idea that the idea that um they would be horrified that a group of people are trying to use political means to an end when when ever since Gramsci in World War II, the end of World War II, the left has been infiltrating and gaining control of the levers of power for their own ends, and it this is the, their stated goal, and <laughs> it's like they've never read Gramsci. They've, and it's like you guys have been doing this for years, and you're upset we're doing it, you know. And and so, I I laughed out loud at that. I thought that that's ridiculous. Only someone who doesn't know anything about history would 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 take that seriously at all. Mm. So. Anyway, so the, there is, and, and and this bothered me because on the part of some Christians and, and people I respect, so I'm not going to throw out names here. Um, I did name one group in the article. So since I named them in the article, I'll name them here. It's a group called, um, uh, oh, what's it called? Recovering Grace. 
who's done and Recovering Grace have done some really good work in terms of exposing the theological errors and and the behavioral errors of Bill Gothard. They've done some really good work. Christian organization, really good work. And the idea of, and, and their whole idea, and one of the reasons I've liked them is we're trying to trying to bring grace back into people's life. You know, take, take away the legalism, bring grace back. Excellent. But then they went and they gave this documentary a full-throated and un, um, unqualified recommendation. And I, the purpose of this documentary is to pull people away from Christ, mm-hmm. to pull people away from grace. How are we happy about this? How, how are we happy about this in the least? And so that's my, that's my huge problem with the shiny happy guy. I have no problem with Bill Gothard's ministry being exposed. Zero whatsoever. Expose them, expose them more. Um, but I, I have a huge problem with, with taking people from the bondage of the Bill Gothard's ministry and then putting them into the bondage of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, a huge problem with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's 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 was was what was I was taking away from the documentary as well. Um, again, not that there weren't people that experienced abuse due to the practices and the the way in which they uh, their families um, lived out those practices, but it still was this picturing Christians in a negative light as a whole. Um, and, and homeschoolers in a negative light as a whole. And so, <clears throat> as was mentioned a couple times throughout this, this program, you mentioned it with your parents there, that they were discerning. So they looked yeah. at certain things and they said, okay, well, that's not biblical. We yeah. have to always be on guard. We mm-hmm. need to discern as Christians. Because, again, there may be something that we're reading that has biblical truths in it, and we can say, okay, I can glean that, I can understand that, I can take that away. But when that's whatever it is you're reading or you're, whoever you're following starts to deviate from the scriptures and teach something that's contrary, you got to have that red flag pop up and say, mm-hmm. something is wrong here. The best way to do that is to know your scriptures well. Um, yeah. you know, study to show yourselves approved, read the scriptures. Doesn't mean we're going to have it all figured out in a, in a year or two years, three years or 20 or 30 years. But the more you spend time in the scriptures, the more the spirit will bring forth or bring forward to your memory things that don't look right. And those flags will go up and say, something's off here. Let me dig in a little deeper, you know, and figure yeah. it out. Mike, you look like yeah. you was going to say something too. We're, we're at the end of the program, so Mike, what was you going to say? And then we'll give Andrew any final final words. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been snooping, uh, snooping on, on the Institutes of Bas- Basic Life Principles, and what I find fascinating and concerning is that the the gospel's not mentioned ever. Um, they talk about learn, you can go like their basic life principles, nothing there about the gospel. It's all, as Andrew's been saying, is these things, do these things, design, authority, responsibility, suffering, ownership, freedom, success, all of that is 
what's their teaching. There is nothing there about the gospel and how the gospel sets us free from our sins. And what makes it even more glaring is they call themselves a Christ-centered ministry. Let's use the buzzword. We got the buzzword in there. <clears throat> but I, and I think, and hopefully people can see the show, is that there is a difference. That grace leads to obedience out of a grateful heart to the one who saves the person. It's an unmerited favor from the Lord. Where legalism is, and even in Andrew, some of Andrew's experience, is the, the performance. I must do something to gain the favor of the Lord. And I think that's, if we can take something away with maybe how the the Duggars were portrayed, how the Duggars lived, the ministry, or at least outwardly how the ministry is. Now I haven't listened to any of their stuff, so I don't know if that's within it. But that's a big difference. That's the difference. Between, that's the Reformation. That's what defined the Reformation. Are we justified by faith and we don't have to do it? Or, or do we have to do things to gain the favor of God? And I think it just it reminds us how the church stands on justification. If you don't have a right view of justification, and you can say you have the right view of justification, but how that works out in one's life matters. And that's the difference between being truly Christ-centered and having this kind of legalistic external obedience. Yeah. Yeah, if um, I, I guess if I were to, to to close this whole thing up, um, first of all, you the the IBLP still exists. It, it's a it's a skeleton of its former self. The homeschooling program does not exist, but you go on their website and you can actually get access to a lot of the videos. They have tried to distance themselves from Bill Gothard because of the scandals, recent scandals. But you know, how do you distance from distance? yourself from the guy who was your ministry for decades, you know, so they, you know, um, you can see there books that were called the wisdom booklets, which were the curriculum for our homeschooling. So you can peruse that and see the kind of things that were the main, the center the core of the curriculum for homeschooling. Um, it, it's all there. And, and it's, as you said, it's, it's all performance. It's performance-based Christianity. Um, the, I guess if I could make I, I emphasize one recommendation, um, you know, I've like I said, uh, I because of my parents, and I'm very thankful for my parents. I got I got off easy, um, and, uh, and and my parents were instrumental in that. So um, there are people who've been through a lot more than I have, and uh, would have a lot more harrowing stories to tell. And, and, if, and if you want to read someone who, who has those stories and who came out on the other end, I mentioned her before, but her the name is Ginger. It used to be Ginger Duggar, and now it's Ginger Vuolo. I think I pronounced that last name right. And it, the book is called Becoming Free Indeed, My Story of Disentangling Faith from Fear. I don't get anything. 
I, I'm just recommending her book. I would highly recommend it. If you want to, number one, understand what Gothard's ministry was about from a, from a biblical perspective, and number two, understand how you can, you can survive that without succumbing to bitterness, which is debilitating, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's counterproductive, without succumbing to bitterness and without um, losing, more, most importantly, without losing your faith. Mm. Um, her book is excellent. And so, it, 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 so I would highly, highly recommend it if you have any interest in this whatsoever. In the documentary, her book gets like two seconds. You have to pause it if you want to get the name of it. Um, but the book is way better than the documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, way better. Because it, yeah. it's, not, it's not written by an enemy of Christ. It's written by someone who found Christ. And so um, it, it's outstanding. And we we put that link in the uh, the show notes there on, on YouTube and over there on our Facebook. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be there for you to to uh, check that out uh, should you desire to dig in a little deeper and study this. Uh, Andrew, I want to thank you for coming on the program, sharing with us some insight into Bill Gothard and the uh, IBLP and uh, your your experiences there and uh, you, the call for people to trust and rest in the grace of God, yeah. um, you know, not uh, legalism or works. Works, those things will come as a result of the grace of God in your life. Exactly. Not to get the grace of God in your life. Exactly. So, so we want to thank you for coming on the program tonight. It, um, thanks for having me. It is, it, it's, it, I say it's always a privilege, but two, two, two times, you know, but it's great. It's, um, I can put podcast guest, frequent podcast guest on my on my resume now. So yeah, well, we'll have to get you back on again, and, and we'll keep you as a regular right. there. So uh, when <laughs> things are going on, but uh, thanks again for coming on the program. We really do appreciate it. Hey, and, thanks for inviting me. I enjoyed yeah. it. And for those uh, wondering, let me think. I think next week we we have Phil. We have Phil uh, losing his last name. Uh, he's coming on our show. I, I don't have my notes right in front of me, um, but he has a book that, uh, man, I should have this out. Yeah. Phil Dutry, um, Practical Atheist, uh, how he went from atheist to pastor. And so uh, that, that'll be our show next week on G220 Radio. I'm looking forward to that as well. So you can tune in 9 p.m. Eastern uh, here on YouTube or on Facebook. So until then, God bless and good night.